Hey everybody, welcome to the Shift Health Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Timbrook, and today we're gonna be talking about the Go Low Diet, and I'm gonna kind of give a little bit of a review based on what I have read. Now, caveat to this is I have not purchased the diet, I have not purchased anything from Go Low, and so all the links today for everything we're gonna talk about is going to be in the show notes. Um, So just a caveat into, you know, when we talk about the diet, that this is basically what I have researched and found out about the diet, but I actually don't have access to the actual diet. And we're going to talk about some of that as being a concern as well. So for those of you who are not familiar, the Go Low Diet is a diet that is advertised pretty heavily on cable TV. And I'm going to say cable TV because I think it's important. Um, When I was talking to some other health coaches about this diet, Most of them didn't know what it was. Um, A lot of their TV comes from Netflix and Hulu and things like that. The people that knew about this diet were people that watched cable TV. And I think that's interesting because remember, the people that now are kind of watching cable TV tend to be a little bit of the older generation. So, you know, we're going to talk about red flags here in a few minutes. That's just something I wanted to point out. Um, I've also seen it, I believe, in like... Uh, magazine articles at like the the grocery store and things like that. So it's definitely kind of serving to an older community. At least it seems that way. It's a diet that really, when you watch the infomercials, it really seems like it's this magic weight loss pill. You know, the Go Low diet is about a lifestyle change and you take the release supplement and, you know, you don't have to have restrictive dieting anymore. You know, there's some concerns I have about that because that's not properly reflecting what this diet really is. That has two parts to it, right? You have the supplement part, which they advertise heavily, but there's also a dietary part of it. And that's interesting because we don't often talk about that dietary part. Now, who they are addressing is those on insulin resistance. So let's talk about insulin resistance for a moment. I'm sure you've kind of heard about insulin resistance, and I want to explain basically in short what it is. Your body is resistant to the insulin that is created. So as you eat something that has sugar in it, which is any kind of carbohydrate, a lot of foods, you eat an apple, your body's, your pancreas is going to create insulin, that insulin is going to go into your bloodstream and it's going to level out your blood sugar levels. So when you become insulin resistant, a lot of times your body's not responding to the insulin like it should be. And generally your blood sugar levels are are a bit higher. Um, They might not be at diabetic level. They're just on the higher end. And when our blood sugar is on the higher end, we have a hard time losing weight. So this is kind of what insulin resistance is. Now, when you go on the GoLo website, it does have this cute little um, quiz that you check off some conditions and it tells you how likely you are to be insulin resistant. Basically, when I was going through, you know, because of course I was testing out the quiz and seeing what it was, it was basically, it gives you some precursors and the more precursors you have, Um, or the more issues that you have, the more likely you are to be insulin resistant. Now, I would say if you're concerned that you're insulin resistant, I would talk to your doctor. You know, as a caveat before we even get started, any time that you're looking to go into a supplemental plan, a diet plan, you have health concerns, go see your doctor. You should be going to your doctor on uh, an annual basis to just have an understanding of where you sit. Now, I am a huge proponent of 
monitoring blood sugar, I think it's really important. Personally, I'm hypoglycemic. My blood sugar always tends to be on the lower side, which necessarily isn't great either because it, you know, having a low blood sugar can also quickly become diabetic because your body's not regulating the blood sugar properly. So I think it's important for anybody to monitor their blood sugar, even if you don't do it on a daily basis, but just to maybe a week, you know, just get an understanding of where your blood sugar is, you know, is fasting blood sugar in like the low hundreds? Well, we might want to start watching what we're eating. Is our fasting blood sugar in the 70s and 80s? You know, it just gives us, I think, an overall idea of kind of another insight to our health. And there's so many glucose monitoring systems now that are really cool coming out. You could do this finger stick. You know, you could pick up one of those kits for like 20 bucks. So I just think it's interesting to have that idea. But that's what the Go Low Diet is really positioned to be, is to help somebody that's insulin resistant get control of their weight, their overall health and well-being, have more energy, and all of this. So that's just kind of insulin resistance in a nutshell. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the red flags I have with this diet. The first one is, is that it really seems to be geared towards the older community that are watching cable TV. That just for me is kind of first a red flag. And the reason why I actually am doing this episode, I actually have a client of mine and he keeps asking me about the Go Low diet. And he's like, what about it? And honestly, in the beginning, I totally wrote it off. I'm like, I'm sure it's a scam. It's probably some low carbohydrate diet. You know, it's a lot, you're going to be wasting money. Let's just focus on eating healthy. And he came back and he was still talking about it. So I was, that's when I realized that I probably needed to take a deeper look. And I have to say, when I took a deeper look, I was slightly surprised. Now, I talked about that red flag of how it's being marketed, and it is a little bit of a red flag. I also, the second red flag would be the fact that they talk about this supplement heavily, and the diet is kind of positioned where it is based on this supplement. It seems to be positioned as a miracle pill, but when you start digging deep into it, no, it's a diet. Um, And actually, I don't think the diet's really bad. I'm actually sort of impressed by it. And I should caveat that with what I have been able to see. So let's talk about how the diet is laid out before we get into the supplement. So the diet is really laid out where you're focusing on whole foods. Benefit, everybody should be eating whole foods. Uh, You already are selling me on the fact that you're focusing on whole foods. So I think that is great. And the way the diet is really um, factored in is it basically works on food combining. And I like the idea with this diet is that a lot of your energy, your food, your carbs are focused on the early part of your day where most of us are most active. And the latter part of the day, our dinner, is generally the smaller meal. So let's just go over briefly what it is. So at breakfast, you have one fat, you have two proteins, two carbs, and a vegetable. So essentially, you can have a piece of toast, two scrambled eggs, some broccoli, some peppers, and maybe some olive oil or some butter on your toast or something like that. Sounds like a great breakfast, right? So then you look at lunch, and it's one fat, two proteins, one carb. See, now we're dropping down our carbs and two veggies. So we're dropping down our carb intake. We're increasing our vegetable intake while maintaining our protein intake. So again, pretty balanced 
meal. Dinner is one fat, one protein, one carb, two veggies. So again, we're having a smaller meal. So actually, the way this is laid out, I'm actually for it. It's actually a fairly balanced diet. Um, now, this diet is probably going to be a little bit harder if you're not eating animal proteins. Um, not to say it can't be done, but one carb and having one protein. Um, you know, if you were doing beans, you could do beans and things like that. But I'm not sure how they're counting the carbs. Are they talking about one serving? Are they talking about grams? That I don't know. And that's where I said, if anybody actually has this diet and they want to send me the diet, I would love to look at further at the diet, you can email me at info at lauratimbrook.com and I can update this episode. But it would be interesting to see internally what this means. Now, what I do like about this is it gives people control over foods. You know, over the last several years of being a health coach, one of the things I often hear is, I don't know what's a protein, what's a carb, what's a sugar, how fats are calculated. So a lot of times people are very confused. It's one of the reasons why Weight Watchers is so attractive. It makes it simple. You know, it's not restrictive. If I want to go to a restaurant, I can. From what I'm seeing with this breakdown of a diet, this would be very easily to go into a restaurant and have some chicken, a couple, you know, two servings of veggies, a serving of carbs. So it's not difficult to kind of manage this. And I think that's why they were saying it's really kind of a lifestyle because honestly, this is not far from how I would eat or how a lot of my clients eat, depending on obviously their shift when they're getting up. You know, there's a lot to this. Now, for my shift workers listening to this, if you're interested in even just using this portion of you know, a diet to start your own lifestyle. Um, What I would say is the way you want to create this is your most active part of the day, put the larger meals. That way you have the energy. Um, If you're a nighttime shift worker, do the largest meal or the two largest meals before you go to work. Um, And then if you have a lunch around 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you could do the smaller dinner. I would make it simple, but really be mindful of your sleep because sometimes when we eat too late, you you know, we talk about that a lot in our other episodes. So um, if you have any questions on how to modify this based on your shift timing, again, feel free to email me and, you know, we could talk a little bit more about it. But the good part of this is the larger meals are generally around the time we're most active. So that gives us the energy we want. So the diet seems to be pretty solid. Uh, The cons, I would say, are really those red flags. When I'm looking at those red flags and not really understanding if this diet's so good, right? If it's so sound, why are we marketing it in such a weird way? And why are we marketing this supplement? Now, it's very possible that we're marketing this supplement because let's face it, supplements sell. That idea of the magic pill, that sells. Um, So, Their goal might just be making as much money as possible. And if that's the case, then that's probably why they're doing that. Let's get down to the part of the supplement and why I want to address this. Because again, this when you watch these infomercials, it's very heavily 
on the supplement. Actually, the person that asked me to do this episode, they didn't know initially there was a diet. They only thought it was a supplement. So when you go to the diet's website, it tells you that there's over a, over hundreds of eff- efficacy and safety researches based on the ingredients. Now, I want to be very clear here. This proprietary supplement, from what I have seen, has not been tested. What has been tested is the individual ingredients that they created their supplement with. Again, it's just that not being honest and straightforward that kind of really gets me. So let's talk about some of the ingredients in the supplements. And I want to actually, I have the website up here. Um, I want to go down and read them for you because I think it's important as we go through them. Um, Of course, now I can't find it. Uh, Let's take a look. So, all right. So the supplements that they're talking about is the first part of the supplements, they have magnesium, zinc, and chromium. Now, magnesium is essential for, you know, our overall well-being. I am a huge fan of magnesium. Um, The dosage of magnesium here is 15 milligrams. Keep in mind the daily dosage of magnesium should be about three to 400 milligrams, depending on male, female, pregnant, things like that. Um, So obviously the dosage is not anywhere close to where we need to be. Um, Zinc is another good one. Um, So go back to magnesium. Let's talk about what magnesium is. Magnesium is really good for overall health. It helps maintain energy, good digestive health. This form of magnesium is actually magnesium malate. And one of the things I have not seen, and I don't know if it's on the bottle or in the paperwork, but magnesium malate is really dealt with on the energy production. So this is not a supplement I would take close to bedtime. Um, I would only probably take this in in the morning, if you are taking this this way, it's not causing any disturbed sleep. My favorite form of magnesium, depending on what you're using for, is usually magnesium uh, glycinate or magnesium citrate. Magnesium citrate is really great for constipation or your gut not moving. I love magnesium citrate for that. Um, and magnesium ma- um, glycinate is really one of the most absorbable forms of magnesium. And that's um, some of the higher end magnesium forms that you see, it's usually glycinate. However, there are some really good magnesium forms that use a whole bunch of different types of magnesium because magnesium is one of those supplements. There's so many different types of magnesium and each one is used a little bit differently. But magnesium malate is generally for the energy production. Zinc is really good for our immune health and our hormonal health. Um, Chromium, if any of you are from the 90s and you're familiar with chromium picolinate, (laughs) it is another one that's really good for our metabolism and things like that. Um, So, I mean, overall, there's nothing here that's going to harm you. It's just a little low on the dosages. And then you get into the proprietary blend. And this is where kind of, I want to say the rubber meets the road. This is where I think a lot of their research has come from. Now, All of these ingredients, actually, none of them are really bad. Um, Some of them I'm not too familiar with, but I'll go through rhodiola. Rhodiola is a great adaptogen. I actually love rhodiola. But in in their proprietary blend, I don't know how much rhodiola is in there. So their proprietary blend is 297 milligrams. But that's of all these different ingredients. So I don't even know if there's enough rhodiola in there to actually be effective. Um, Rhodiola is kind of, anytime we deal with adaptogens, 
their dosages could be all over the place. And it's going to, based on who you are and how you deal with it, um, rhodiola generally is about 200 milligrams. And rhodiola is, let's go back, rhodiola is really good for you know, adapting to stress. That's what adaptogens are. It allows your body to better moderate stress. So you're not always in a heightened stress state. It helps with that. So, you know, like I said, I'm a big fan of adaptogens. Rhodiola is a great one. My favorite personally is ashwagandha, but rhodiola is a good one. The next one in there is inositol. So inositol is really good in helping um, our blood sugar. And actually, inositol is actually a form of sugar. So it's actually similar to a glucose in your body. Your body makes it itself and it helps metabolize or helps our blood sugar and things like that. So that's really good for a lot of times when somebody's having blood sugar instabilities and things like that. Inositol could be really useful. Berberine extract. Now, this one is amazing for the people that need it. So berberine is, is actually really good at lowering blood sugar. Now, if you don't have high blood sugar and you're taking this, this could cause an issue. And this is kind of the one caveat and where I kind of like to say, you know, before you take any supplement, talk to your doctor, talk to your healthcare provider, but then also have just a general understanding. If your blood sugar at fasting is about 80 and you're not having these wild spikes during the day, I don't know if I would be taking berberine. And again, I don't know how much is in here, but I would talk to your healthcare provider about it because I know berberine, so berberine is good for blood lowering blood sugar. It's also really good for high cholesterol. It's a really powerful herb when used in the proper format. Now, they have something here called gardenia extract. I don't know really anything about that. I did some research and what I could find was a gardenia fruit study that did show uh, some help in weight loss, but the study was not well done. I have the link there. And it was done on roasting the gardenia fruit, not a supplement. So I'm not sure how effective that one really is. Banana leaf extract, that's another one that's in a lot of diet pills that is supposed to be good for your metabolism. Um, And then we have apple extract. And apples are just really good when it comes to weight loss. You know, their pectin and their fiber and all of that. Apples are great. And apples are low caloric. It hits a sweet note. You get great fiber from it. You know, apples alone are wonderful. So the fact that uh, apple extract is in there, all right, cool. But really the supplement is definitely for more of that moderating blood sugar. It could be based on the stress and the energy and or just overall lowering blood sugar. Again, like I said, I don't know how much of this is in each one. I don't know how effective it really is going to be, but I will tell you, there is no magic pill. You cannot take this and then suddenly all of a sudden it jumpstarts your metabolism and you're losing weight eating the same way you were. It doesn't work that way. And that's why they even have their diet. Listen, you would probably get fantastic results if you just followed the diet or just followed that diet with the one fat, two proteins, you know, what we talked about earlier. Because that in a way, and eating whole foods, not processed foods, you're already going to probably see results. Caveat to that is that probably. If you are coming from a restrictive diet, whether you're restricting carbs, whether you're restricting proteins, calories, 
any kind of restrictive dieting. When you go from a restrictive diet to something like this, you might not lose weight. In fact, you might gain weight. And it really depends on where you come from. So anytime that you're going from one type of eating to another type of eating, we have to be mindful. You might not get the results because of where you came from. And this is where you really need to talk to your doctor, your healthcare professional, a nutritionist, and have that dietary plan laid out only because if you came from a low carb diet to this diet, you're most likely going to gain weight in the form of water because you're eating more carbs. More carbs hold more water. So that's important to recognize. So if you know, that's one of those caveats to keep in mind. But other than that, I mean, I'm actually kind of a fan of the diet if it's really laid out the way um, Consumer Reports has kind of written it down. The supplement, I don't think it's going to be effective. If anything, I think you're going to get more of a placebo effect from it. You might have some effect from it. But even, I remember years ago, I went through a nutrition course with um, RP Performance and they were talking about supplements. Excuse me, I almost had a sneeze there. They were talking about supplements and how effective supplements are when it comes to like the fitness industry. And for them, they look at supplements as like the icing on the cake. They're maybe about a 10% boost. So even if we take that idea, I'd say this is 90% diet and the supplement might be a 10% boost. Now, some of you might say that 10% boost is worth it. And if it is, go for it. If you just feel like you need to take this supplement to see if it all works and your medical professional gives you the green light, go ahead. You know, there's no harm if your medical professional says, go ahead and try it out. You know, that placebo effect is real. And maybe this supplement does work. I don't know. I don't have research on it. I know when it's talking about all these research papers, I'm assuming it's talking about the individual ones because something like rhodiola or inositol or even magnesium are heavily researched. So things like that, um, you know, are to keep in mind. But if you wanted to learn more about the Go Low Diet or check it out, or if you're interested in some something similar to the Go Low Diet, the Mediterranean Diet is fairly similar to the Go Low Diet. Um, the Mediterranean Diet is usually a bit more plant-based than this one, but that would be a really good one. The DASH Diet, which is actually to help lower blood pressure, that would be a really good diet that's gonna be similar to this. So go check them out. If you have any questions, you can always email me at info at lauratimbrook.com. I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you all next week. Blood, blood pressure, blood pressure, blood pressure.